And welcome to We the GM Wednesday, our second installment of We the GM Wednesday. I'm your host, Luke Farrell. Welcome to Beyond the Game alongside my co-hosts, Wyatt and Nate. Guys, looking forward to a great show today. We've got some great scenarios, great stories lined up for you today uh, coming out of the NBA and also coming out of the NFL. And so without further ado, let's start in the NBA. Uh, Wyatt, introduce our topics for discussion today. And uh, without further ado, talking about the Orlando Magic and the Dallas Mavericks today. So Wyatt, let's uh, let's get it rolling. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, like you said, over in the NBA, uh, we're going to be analyzing the Orlando Magic and uh, basically what the outlook is for their situation going forward. And uh, we're actually doing the Wizards, not the Mavericks, but um, another situation going forward. And then we have a trade scenario for the Raptors. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, I guess we'll start off with the magic, obviously a team that, uh, trade away their big star and Nikola Vucevic, um, let's see, he was an all-star, he's a, he was an all-star what, last season or the season before? I think the season before, let me pull that up. I think it was this, I know it was the season before, but I can't remember if he was this year, but, um, obviously they're big, big guy, uh, seven footer who can score. Um, yeah, 2019 just, and 2021. Okay, so he's a two time all star. Um, so a guy that can score, you know, big man that can really score the ball. Um, but they traded him away, basically blew up the whole the whole team. Um, yeah, they have young talent with uh solid players like Cole Anthony, uh, drafted Jalen Suggs in the in this year's NBA draft, who was a great pickup. Um, still have guys like Markel Fultz, Mo Bamba, uh, and people like that. But it's, you know, for me, you know, going forward with the Magic, um, it's just, it's rebuild. Um, they got to try and either draft or sign. Orlando, I mean, realistically, Orlando isn't a bad, um, that's not a bad location to go to do. Honestly, if I was in the NBA, I wouldn't mind going and playing it in Orlando. But um, it's just one of those things. You just gotta, you have to have the situation ready if you're if you're wanting a big name player to come. And I just don't think they're there. Um, but uh, Nate, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, they definitely, like you said, they have the pieces um, that you need outside of really having those one or two, you know, standout players. You know, obviously, Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony will probably run their one and two. Um, You know, they're going to be solid players, but they're not necessarily, at least not right now, they're not going to be big name stars. Um, And then, of course, you got Jonathan Isaac coming back, and he's a solid defender. Um, And obviously, you know, you want to have solid defense, but you they don't really have any of those guys that not just necessarily are marketable names but even just in the fact that aren't just these standout players aren't these you know big name stars these big all-stars like you said they traded away Vucevic who was you know a two-time all-star with them so it's just they have the pieces there it's just getting you know some guys to actually sign you know these big name all-stars to actually sign with them so I really think I mean 
what they were a playoff team just two years ago, I think. So it's, you know, it's not that they've had these bad teams over the years. It's just putting together, you know, a string of teams with these guys, these, you know, big name players or, you know, just these guys who have the willingness to win. Um, and they're a very young, undeveloped team. So just getting, you know, players who around them who are more developed, who, you know, have been there before, have won playoff games before, know what it's like, you know, at the end of the season to make a playoff push. So. Yeah, I mean, bouncing off what both of you said, I like the direction the Magic are going. I do. I think they've really pulled in some solid young talent. Um, Jalen Suggs falling to them really, really they have to be excited about that. Pairing him with guys like Cole Anthony, Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, Franz Wagner. Um, so they're pulling in guys, man. They are pulling in guys. It's just they lack that star power. But who's to say that some of the young talent cannot um, turn into um, future stars? And so um, I overall think Orlando has a lot going for them. Great market. Orlando, very neat place to uh, get to play. Um Truly, if you think about it, outside of the Orlando FC, the Orlando uh, Major League Soccer team, uh, that is the only major uh, sports uh, team, the only professional sports team in the entire city of Orlando. And so they've got a lot of support behind them. And frankly, I think it's a solid destination to play at. Um, I would not at all, if I was a younger player, mind playing down there in Orlando. And so Orlando got a lot going for them, uh, just like we've talked about, lacks that star power. So um, pulling for them um, and just only time will tell how the situation down there in, um, in Orlando turns out. So uh, a lot going for them. And I think this rebuild is off in the right direction to say the least. And so um, looking over towards the Mavericks now though, correct Wyatt? No, it's the uh, Wizards. Oh, pardon me, the Wizards. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, um, yeah. Looking at the Wizards, obviously, it's somewhat. The Wizards are obviously in a weird situation. You know, they have a player like Bradley Beal, who just you know he's obviously an All Star, one of the top players in the in the uh, in the league, um, has been for a while, and they just can't seem to get past like the first round of the playoffs. Um, you know, they've had guys, they've had, you know, had guys like John Wall, obviously he had his injury issues. Um, and then they had Russ Westbrook um, and it just didn't really work out. They have young talent. Obviously they made the deal with, with the Lakers sending Russ to, uh, to LA and in return getting, um, players like Montrez Harrell, former sixth man of the year just a couple of years ago. Um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, a great 3 and D player. And then Kyle Kuzma, who is um, either you love him or you hate him. Uh, it's the easiest way to put it. Um, but he, is, uh, he does have potential to uh, actually play. Um, as far as my outlook on it, um, I think they'll run this season because um, they also did pick up Spencer Denwitty in the off season. So that's a great pickup for them. Um, but I think they'll run this season. If it, if it doesn't go anywhere, I would not be surprised if you see a Bradley Beal trade. Um, obviously there's been rumors of Bradley Beal being traded for 
I don't know. It seems like forever now. It's been at least what two seasons. Um, rumors of him going out to Golden State. Rumors of him going basically everywhere. Um, it's eventually it's gonna it's gonna come to fruition. I think I think the front office will if they if it doesn't pan out for them. Um, I think they will just you know have to face facts and. Uh, try and get what they can for him while he's still in his prime. Uh, so it's it's a weird situation, but that's yeah, that's how I see it. Here's a question to pose to both of you: What about Beal to Portland? See, it's actually I, I as I was talking about, I did think about that. Um, you know, if you could possibly, if I mean, obviously, I'm sure Portland would have to give up either McCollum or Dame. Um, most likely McCollum because Dame is their guy. But, you know, it would be it'd be interesting to see because CJ McCollum is a great secondary option. But he just he I don't know. It's just they can't seem to get through um, get through get over the hump with him. Uh, Damian Lillard, one of the top point guards in the league, but it's just you know him and him and Damian or him and Bradley Beal would be would be nasty. Probably honestly, top could be the top backcourt or yeah, top backcourt in the league. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean I think that would be interesting, especially if you went out there. Um, and it's from the Wizards' outlook, you know, bringing in a guy like C.J. McCollum. Um, you know, he's a guy that obviously is a big step down from the Bradley Buell. Um, and one of the big reasons that Portland, I feel like, struggles, um, you know, especially come playoff time, is McCollum seems to be a really streaky player. You know, he'll go up in three, four, five straight games. He can drop five, six, seven threes in a game. And then the next, you know, four or five games, he just kind of goes cold. He, you know, just maybe will hit one or two threes, you know, make a few other shots, maybe score, you know, 10 points, something like that. So, um, you know, I think it would be, it would definitely take more than just a guy like CJ McCollum and, you know, maybe a couple of draft picks to, get a guy like Bradley Beal out there. Um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. Um, but yeah, I agree with you why just the fact that you know you don't want to waste a guy's prime and a guy's career who is this good um, you know, on a team that just not necessarily constantly underperforms, but a team that just hasn't put the right players around him. I think this year, out of all years, might be the gives them the most potential out of you know the past you know at least five or six seasons that Bradley Beal's been in DC, um, just because they have a lot more depth now. And yeah, Dinwiddie obviously is no Russell Westbrook, but Dinwiddie, when he you know his last healthy season, what he was dropping twenty some points a game. Um, so he's definitely a great number two option. So I think it will definitely be interesting to see the direction they take. Obviously, you know, last year they had to play two play-in games again to the playoffs. 
So we'll see if this year, if it's the same way or if they take a step back or maybe if they take a step forward. But I definitely think that they're moving at least somewhat in the right direction, um, despite them trading Russell Westbrook away. Yeah, it's. Um, I think the Wizards finally realized that maybe what they need is not another star player in a sense, um, but what they need is, you know, really good, like solid starters or solid role players um, around Beal. Because, I mean, Beal is averaged – I'm looking at it right now. He's averaged 30 a game for the past two years. Um, and even then before that, he was a 20 to 25 point a game a player or point points per game player. Um, so it's, you know, it, it just, it's hard to say exactly what they need. Um, if they were to do that Portland trade, like you said, they'd probably take McCollum and um, possibly like Nurkic or another you know, another player because, you know, Bradley Beal compared to CJ McCollum, like you said, is, you know, another level. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's hard to say. Um, but yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see what the Wizards do. Go, Wiz, go, baby. <laughs> Bright future for the Wiz, possibly for our boy Nate. Is it tough being a Wizards fan, Nate? It's tough being a DC fan in general. <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day, and they uh, actually started talking about baseball, and they are like, aren't those Washington Nationals doing well? And I was like, man, they're terrible this year. And um, I just said this. The tough thing with DC is when you think of DC, the first thing you think of is typically not sports. It's always politics. And so – I do think that weighs on the sports realm a little bit in DC. Would you would you say you agree with that? I think there's definitely that weight there. Um, you know, just because it's really more or less the political capital of the world. So it's just it's hard to, you know, especially in a world where, you know, you have these guys who do want to try their best to separate, you know, politics from sports. Um, which has been a big argument, especially the last couple of years. But when you're going right into the heart of it, you know, you kind of, it's hard to avoid, um, you know, just dealing with the politics and everything. So. Exactly, man. Exactly. Um, so shifting gears a little bit, uh, Nate, what do you, what do you have for us, man? What do you have for us today? Yeah. So we just wanted to kind of um, talk maybe a little bit about, you know, potential NFL blockbusters that could change the landscape of the NFL as a whole. Not necessarily ones that, you know, are ones that we've seen, um, or maybe we can do, like, we'll do a little bit of a different take on some of the ones that we've seen, you know, something like Aaron Rodgers to Denver, um, but also ones that make would make sense if you really think about it, but nobody's really talking about. Um, so one for me that honestly for the last close to probably a year that I've kind of like thought about just a little bit is something like Lamar Jackson actually getting traded out of Baltimore. Now, obviously this year he does have more targets, uh, but they have, you know, especially the last couple of years, they've struggled to really put players around him. 
um, to really help them succeed and take that next step. And, you know, I think that you could trade him to a team like Washington, who has a lot of, you know, a lot more cap space right now. Um, and, you know, has some cap space for the future because you think about it, he has a contract year coming up after next season. So, you know, and he's probably going to demand 40, 50 million dollars a year, um, you know, that top dollar. So I think, you know, if I'm Washington football team, I go out there and I propose, you know, trading Brent, Brandon Scherf. Um, you know, a guy like a guy like Landon Collins, and you have to give up Antonio Gibson. I I don't know that you necessarily do. I think you give them, you know, Shreff, who is a very solid guard, um, and you give up a guy like if Landon Collins, say this year, goes back to his old form, looks like he did when he was with the Giants um, and you give up three or four first round picks, I think that that's something worth at least considering, especially if, you know, for the Ravens, if they're not necessarily, you know, not that they're, they wouldn't be willing to pay um, Lamar that much money, but if they don't want so much money tied up into one player like that, um, so it's just, you know, that's something that I think that um, that would definitely change the landscape of both of those teams. I think for me personally, I really think that Washington is pretty much a starting quarterback away from being a dominant team, not just this year, but for years to come. That's not a knock against Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic is a solid quarterback, but obviously he only has probably a couple years left and you know he's not getting any younger so you and I have talked about it and referring to Fitzpatrick this is the thing there's such thing in the NFL as a bridge quarterback and what we mean by bridge quarterbacks is quarterbacks who obviously aren't the long-term the long-term answer but they are a very solid uh, short-term answer whether it be one or two years and so we think um, Nate and I, you and I, you and I have discussed Ryan Fitzpatrick is a heck of a bridge quarterback for the Washington football team right now. I truly think he's going to do well. I think they can win the NFC East this year, and I think they can make some noise with given that defense, given the uh, the weapons for Fitzpatrick all over the field, Antonio Gibson, obviously, um, and then you've got Terry McLaurin, you've got um, that receiving core, young receiving core that. Uh, you've got Logan Thomas. Um, they've got weapons around him. And so I could see Washington down the road pulling the trigger for an elite quarterback like that. And frankly, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I want Lamar Jackson to do well. I'm a huge fan of the guy. I think he's got a ton of potential, one of the young faces of the game. And so he deserves to do well. He deserves to have pieces, players put around him. And so Excited to see ultimately what plan uh, what plays out with him. One question though is Fitzpatrick on a one or two year deal with Washington? Uh, he's on a one year deal. Okay, I okay, believe. that's what I thought. And so any sort of deal to say Washington isn't playing for Lamar Jackson, Ryan Fitzpatrick would not be thrown in there. Now I assume if he was on a two year deal and say they made this deal next offseason, Ryan Fitzpatrick would be included, no doubt about it. 
So as far as like what I'm thinking, I don't, I wouldn't consider these to be blockbuster, but they would be definitely entertaining to see uh, would be, you know, it's, you know, last year we saw JJ uh, Watt become, or he was bought out uh, of his contract. Correct. From uh, with the Houston Texans. You know, nobody knew like the big rumor that he was it was he was going to go to Pittsburgh and play with his brother. Um, something like that, you know, whether it's him and his brother playing together, or you know, Joey and Nick Bosa playing together in, in uh, San Francisco, would be really entertaining to me as far as just seeing that, especially because, especially because they're just such defensive presence. Um. Or, you know, as far as a blockbuster would really be taking for me, like somebody like Aaron Donald and putting him on, um, I don't know. The Washington football team uh, D-line. Jeez, playing him with him and Chase Young together. I mean, they'd be nasty. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen. I mean, what's not to like? I mean, that'd be disgusting. Or if, like like Nate said, um, those somebody like poor Aaron Rodgers, poor Dak Prescott would literally oh be, would be his career would literally be. I think completely I think Joe, wrecked. I think Joe Burrow would sit out against the uh, Washington football team then whenever he played. So, yeah, just something like that. I mean, like Aaron Donald to basically anywhere, um, anywhere that needs a, a defensive player, or like, um, or like when Julio Jones. Uh, when he was was traded or bought out or whatever happened, I can't remember. Um, him going somewhere He's like traded, Green, yeah. yeah. Him going somewhere like Green Bay, and adding another weapon to to uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, so it's it's just stuff like that. It's just for me, it would be entertaining to see. But so so let me ask you this: So you're saying about um, you know, the Bosa's playing together. Um, who do you think would be more willing to trade the Bosa brother, you know, that they have? Do you think that the Chargers would be, or do you think that the Niners would be? Because they both have now very solid defenses, and the Chargers have what a lot of people are saying is has the potential to be one of the top offenses in the league. So they're definitely a team to watch out for. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say. I feel like I feel like for whatever reason, I feel like the Chargers would be more willing to trade Joey. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I don't know why. It's just I feel like the 49ers are really set on keeping Nick like as long as possible. Now, why funny thing is I actually am the opposite of you, and this is really? I, this is why I to me, this is this is the way I look at this. I think Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa are both incredible players in their own right. And believe it or not, I think Nick Bosa, pound for pound, has a higher ceiling, more potential, and slight has a slight chance to be better than his brother. Yeah, I agree with but you. But for whatever reason, I feel like the Chargers value Joey Bosa to no end. I mean, obviously, they gave him that, what, five- or six-year extension last year or the year before? 
And so no doubt the value is there. They care about Joey Bosa. They want to keep Joey Bosa in, um, uh, in Los Angeles for a very long time as evident uh, by that contract extension. And so I think to a certain degree, it's kind of like that. It's like the NBA debate. So-and-so may not be better than so-and-so, but that player that may not be as good as so-and-so is more valuable to their team. And therefore, therefore, the team would not want to let them go, even if the majority of people thought they were better. And so I think in this case, the Chargers know that their defense, um, losing a piece like Joey Bosa, losing a Nick Bosa would be a huge blow to the Niners as well. But I feel like the Chargers are really building up that defense. They have Derwin James in the secondary, absolute stud safety. They've got Joey Bosa up front. They got to keep that upfront presence. And then also they've drafted uh, linebackers the last couple of years. I believe Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma is now one of their top linebackers. Really, really solid young guy. And so they're trying to find that game changer at each level of the defense, at the D-line, the middle part of the field, and then uh, obviously that secondary. And so I think giving up Joey Bosa would give up the clear number one game record in that area. And so I got to think, I have to think that the Chargers would want more for Bosa Joey Bosa than the than the uh, Niners would want for Nick Bosa and have a harder time giving him up overall. That's just my personal yeah. opinion. Yeah, I mean, I could I can see that, and I guess another thing that that I could um, see you know agreeing with your side is that the 49ers are like in a weird spot. Obviously, they drafted Trey Lance um, this year, so in whole, most likely, I'm sure be replacing Garoppolo. Um, but it's, it's just a weird situation. They, you know, solid team, but they're just, I don't think they're going anywhere yet. So if they could get, you know, like say draft compensation for a trade with Nick Bosa, then I think they'd be willing to take it. So that's, I guess I can see your, I can definitely see your side. Well, I think, I think crazy as it is, you think about last year, they almost proved that he might be a little more expendable than Joey Bosa, just in the fact that when he went down, when he went out for the season, you know, obviously their defense did take a hit. That is the Niners. um, But they still were a very solid defense. Of course, Robert Sala is not there anymore. Their defensive coordinator. um, So it'll be interesting to see how they do this year. But like I said, I think that it definitely proves to an extent um that he's almost a little more expendable as well um to you know so if the right offer would come their way they'd probably be willing to potentially take it yeah i mean i think nfl blockbusters are bound to happen it's just a matter of time and so um real quick for me super super quick um I think Russell Wilson's going to be on the move. It's just a matter of time, in my opinion. I think this past offseason was awkward. His relationship with the Seahawks, I think, is deteriorating a little bit. And so, for me, Russell Wilson, I don't know where he's going to be. But overall, I can see Russell Wilson not being in a Seahawks uniform a year from now. And so, exciting times ahead for the NFL. Lots of change. Lots of change in store. And so, uh, only time will tell. And so, uh, Nate Wyatt, thank you for uh, thanks for talking today. Thanks for uh, bringing up these topics. And so, uh, looking forward ultimately to the upcoming NFL season. And uh, 
Listeners, we hope you enjoyed today. We hope you enjoyed um, our segments for today and uh, just these scenarios we brought to the table. And so uh, thank you for joining us today. And remember, join us on Friday for our next edition of um, We Can Review. Uh, for now, I'm Luke. I'm Nate. I'm Wyatt. And this is Beyond the Game. See you on Friday, guys. Thank you.